Welcome to the 100th episode of the Plus Music Podcast with Brian Karsig and Nick Venti. For our 100th episode, there's no one we'd rather sit down and talk to than our great friend and CEO of Game Jolt, Yap Rock to Carmine. Game Jolt is a one-of-a-kind social media platform with focus on games. Everyone from players and developers to artists and fans. With over 60,000 unique communities and counting, Game Jolt is poised to pave the way for the future of social gaming. Yaprock chats with us about their stories, their strategies, and Game Jolt's brand new summer concert series that we here at Plus Music have had the pleasure to co-host with them. And of course, what's coming next in the coming year for Game Jolt. Here's more from Yaprock now. First, thank you for having me. I feel yeah. legit. I feel yeah, like I finally is, uh, made it. Episode one zero <laughs> hundred. Forgot you know? our hundredth episode. Mm-hmm. You're our first friend in gaming too, Yaprock. Just so you know. Aww. Our first BFF. Oh yes. I and you love know that. you've made it when you make it on the Plus Music podcast. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> you guys have had some like really amazing folks come through here. I I mm-hmm. always check it out on LinkedIn, so definitely feel that. But yeah, no, seriously, thank you so much for having me and taking the time to learn about our story. Our story is a little wild. So it starts out with a 14-year-old boy in the middle of nowhere in New York. (laughs) So not me, uh, my co-founder slash husband slash the coolest person in the whole wide world, David DeCarmine. Um, He created Game Jolt back when he was 14 Um, Because there just wasn't really an open place for developers to share what they were working on, right? So back then, it was just a bunch of... The word indie developer didn't even exist. It was just a bunch of hobbyists making games. And, you know, they would pay a small hosting fee to put their games up on their own websites. And nobody would find them. And nobody would play them. So the whole goal... For Game Jolt was to be the central platform for creators to share their stuff so that gamers could actually find them and connect with the creators, talk with them, share ideas, and help them out, right? Um, so that's how Game Jolt started back in 2002. Its original name was Hollow World because, you know, 14 year olds are fun. Yeah. And Um, At this time, I was also 14, (laughs) and I had just come to the U.S. Um, My family and I, we moved to Seattle, Washington uh, when I was nine years old. So I didn't speak a word of English, and making American friends was very hard. (laughs) So, But I do have an older brother, and the only way I could get him to hang out with me was by playing his favorite games. So I got super into Diablo, Age of Empires, Counter-Strike, and they all sort of helped me learn English really fast. Yeah. So then fast forward to my early 20s, um, I joined this little startup here in Seattle called Zulily. Um, back then, there was just like 20 of us above a sandwich shop. And that's where I met David. So Zulily had moved David to Seattle from... Uh, New York and and then we just bonded over video games we became best friends 
And the way I learned about Game Joel is actually a pretty good story. Because at this point, I know this dude for over a year. We're spending all of our time together. We're dating. And it's tax time. And I'm like, yo, let's do our taxes together. I have a really cool, you know, really great accountant. And he's like, oh, my taxes are complicated. I haven't paid taxes in years. And I have a company. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Who are you? Let's get married. (laughs) (laughs) So then he showed me and it was really cool because it like, um, I grew up playing AAA games. So folks that are not in the games industry, AAA games are these like massive production games, right? Like Diablo um, and those games that I started playing. So David introduced me to this world of games that were created by individuals like, you know, any one of us, which I didn't even know was a thing, right? Um, And he had made this platform for these people. So it was really cool. And I got obsessed with it. And I started having like, you know, my quarter life crisis, like, what are we doing? Like, why aren't we doing this? Like, we should be doing this full time. So we asked around, like, founders here in the Seattle area. And they're like, wait, you guys are getting traffic. You're not doing anything. It's paying for itself with ads. Like, what are you doing? Quit your jobs. Do this full time. So that's, that's, pretty that's cool. what ended up happening. That's very and cool. And what year was that? Just out of curiosity. Like, what was that? Yeah, when did you take it? Yeah, so that was 2014. And just in case we have, like, anyone from the IRS listening to your podcast, <laughs> taxes are done. It's legit. <laughs> We're good. Don't worry. Don't they us. can't even get on the phone right now. The IRS is, like, <laughs> not talking to anybody. Um, that's really cool. And so 2014... Fast forward to now, you guys have millions of people on there, tons of games. 20 million unique <laughs> visits to Game Jolt. Now that is mega. Yeah, we became a big deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. It was definitely hard. So a lot of, a lot of learning moments Uh, happened throughout those years I think um we were also you know in our early to mid 20s and we were pretty naive and you know my first job was working at both of ours really like our first legitimate job that we had was a startup that grew so fast right so um and then it IPO'd and that was kind of like the norm for us so we kind of felt like if you build something amazing everyone will use it right like they will just throw money at you and you don't have to do anything else um it wasn't until we started realizing that game jolt could be so much bigger than like you know a five-person team it could actually be a venture scale company that's huge that impacts everybody right so there are three billion gamers in the world and the games industry is 200 billion dollars it's bigger than music no offense and film combined right it's huge (laughs) so um then we started going after fundraising we actually put all of our stuff in (laughs) 
in storage and moved to LA. <laughs> and our one of our first meetings was actually at the CAA, which is a big marble building. Yeah. <laughs> where everyone's wearing like suits except for the talent who are just very hip looking so david and i like rolled up in our dirty car that we drove from like colorado because we were living in colorado at the time why'd you guys and go to la because that's where all the gaming companies are so we were trying to figure out should we go to the bay area or should we go to la and um you know, it just made sense. Like gaming money is in LA. Uh, we had some friends too that could like introduce us, which was huge. Cause one thing about game, David and I is that we're just not well connected people. Right. And we didn't know that that's, that's something that you should do and build as like a startup founder, right. Building a network that was never a priority for us. And we just, Honestly, we didn't like that either. You know, like yeah. we wanted to focus on the product. We wanted to build something really unique and amazing and cool that we were proud of that people would want to use. And it didn't occur to us like, oh, you know, you actually need to know rich people. And that's how funding works. People don't just <laughs> give you money for building something <laughs> incredible. You They'd give you money because you were in a frat with them or, you know, uh, you went to Harvard with them or your dad knows them. So being an immigrant for me, that was just not even an option, right? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> my family is not super well connected. I don't have rich friends. I went to public school and, you know, I graduated from college when I was 19, tried to like get it done and out of the way as quick as possible. So, and David is the worst. He like grew up in the middle of nowhere, like in the woods and he was <laughs> homeschooled because his mom was a principal. Like, <laughs> so we rolled up to yes, LA fresh, yeah. yeah, with no connections and, but we did build something incredible. So we were getting these meetings at like really big places like the CAA and, you know, like big VC firms. And we don't know how to pitch. We don't know how to talk VC language. I can barely speak English, right? like in my mind, um, I'm like translating things from Turkish to English. So now you want me to translate it to like, you know, rich white guy. Shakespearean <laughs> yeah. venture cap talk. <laughs> it, it truly is a different language though. But um, so that's where we found ourselves and we got a ton of no's and that made us sad. That made us want to, you know, give up. Um, and we had to have those really hard conversations and we're like, okay, you know, let's move back home. Let's just reset. Game Jolt's doing fine. It's growing on its own. Um, it's paying for our team to keep working on it. So how long did you guys stick it out in L.A.? We were there for six months. So you actually, did you actually get a place or were you guys living at like a hotel or like, did you set up camp to stay? We had, we have family there, which is pretty cool. So my family yeah. ended up moving to LA and yeah, that was nice. It was really cool being near them too, because prior to that, David and I decided to build a startup and live in a different country every month for a year, which is not something I recommend to anyone doing, <laughs> but it was really fun. But we hadn't seen our family for like 
a really long time. So, so in that year, wh- where did you find yourself in that year of exploration, if you will? Oh my gosh. So we started in Italy. Um, cause we had, awesome. we didn't get to go on our honeymoon. Um, we had some tragic stuff happen during our wedding and we had to cancel our honeymoon. So, um, and the way that this started this trip, like this gives you a really good idea into David and I and how well we work together because he's very creative and spontaneous and I am just an executor, right? Like, so I'm trying to plan our honeymoon and I'm like, let's go to Turkey because he learned Turkish for me, which is adorable. He proposed to me in Turkish because he had been secretly learning it for a year. Whole nother story. But um, that's pretty rad. Our audience loves this guy now. Yeah, he's he's pretty. <laughs> I'm into him. <laughs> uh, he's but, great. Yeah. Were you guys working still? Did you have a day job and you were running Game Jolt together? No. So this is in 2015. We had just gotten married. We quit our jobs. We're working on Game Jolt full time, and we moved to Texas, Austin. <laughs> oh, okay. So, All right. There's an exception to the yeah. Texas rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Austin. So I don't know if Austin counts. No, I actually love Texas. Texas is one of the weirdest, coolest places I've ever lived. I, um, it gets a bad rep because of politics, but everything else is, it's just a weird place. Um, but anyway, so we left Austin in two weeks after having that conversation. I just sorted everything out, <laughs> put everything in storage, and we were we were gone. We packed a suitcase each and a backpack, and then we went to Italy to start. We didn't end up going to Turkey because there was just riots, and it didn't mm. sound like a fun time. Um, was that and- was that with the bombing at at uh, Ancora, or was that the, at Ankara? that time? Yeah. Yeah. So we we did Europe. Um, we went to Taiwan and um, Australia and South Korea. And yeah, so we did 12 countries and it was it was really incredible. Um, we had some weird experiences like we have a desktop app and we were trying to launch it and our Wi-Fi and the Airbnb in Germany just like cut out right when we're trying to deploy this thing. So we had to go to a coffee shop, like throughout the whole day, we were just bouncing through bars and coffee shops on their Wi-Fi, And finally, like it's midnight and we, we find, we find a bar that's open and their Wi-Fi cuts out too. Cause it's like winter in Germany and it's crazy. Um, then we ended up stealing the Wi-Fi from the place next door, some like business that didn't lock it. And that's how we launched our desktop app. <laughs> wow. So we've had we've had really wild and stressful experiences like that that mm-hmm. now we look back at and we're like, I can't believe we did that. We're we're crazy. Our life is so tame now, you know, like <laughs> but it makes the, it makes the game jolt movie be so much more interesting with these like that story is just great you know and when natalie portman plays you in the actual movie we'll see her jumping from country to country could you imagine (laughs) oh my god i would die next steps never expect it i got a question when did you make the shift from what was it hollow world to 
game jolt when did the name change happen and how did that what were the options yeah the name change happened before my time it was pretty quick uh david tries to change it all the time but honestly i love it i think it's such a cool name you know it has jolt in the name and game so it makes like seo stuff really easy for us (laughs) 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 and like keyword things um so the name is not changing i told him i would only change it if we did meowio so meow.io and then someone bought that and <laughs> it costs like ten thousand dollars did you like, see eh. that the co-founder of meow wolf passed away yesterday no yeah no 37 hey. 37 years old Bummer. that's uh that's terrible man yeah all right I way to be like a bummer so I, so I had to bring it down guys um <laughs> so so i don't know if we dug into what you got what game jolt is today uh yet for the listeners out there that are catching up to yeah uh, what you guys do what is it game jolt is a social community platform for gamers and all the types of content gamers create so if you go on game jolt today you'll see um people posting fan art of their favorite video game characters. They have videos, um, you know, themselves playing games or with their friends. And they like to share opinions and guides of games that, you know, are coming out. So it really is like a sacred place for gamers and creators within gaming. So it's, it's interesting because when people think about creators within gaming, they're either thinking about game developers or like streamers, right? Yeah. But on Game Joel, mm-hmm. we literally have this person that creates, um, that crochets video game character stuffed animals, right? So they'll do like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, or you'll have these cosplayers that 3D print, um, you know, a full Iron Man suit, like, it's just really incredible and creative and yeah, captures everything and everyone. Um, That's cool. I have a question for you guys. Forward thinking. How does, so if Game Jolt's right now really focused on the games that exist from console to PC to all of them. What happens if, metaverses start to actually take off and and become something how do how do you guys how you guys thinking about you don't want to give roadmap but like how you thinking about how you fit into that world too is it all the same to you guys i mean a little bit so i think this concept of the metaverse is really fun because to me as a gamer like it's it already exists in different ways Right. Mm -hmm. So like you can look at Roblox and you can be like, they're like a metaverse platform. Right. Like you can look at Fortnite. You can look at uh, World of Warcraft. Like people literally lived their lives in that game back in the day. And I'm sure people still do. So but with all of this, you know, whether it's centralized or decentralized, it there's a lot of content that gets created. Within these spaces. And Game Jolt's the perfect place to share all of that, right? So I would see Game Jolt positioned as more of like the social media platform for the metaverse 
spaces, <laughs> plural, um, and all the content that gets created within within there. So somebody can capture wherever they are, pictures, screen caps, video, whatever, and throw it up on on Game Jolt. How does how does that work from an IP perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to like Twitter or Reddit or anything else, right? So, so like user generated. Yeah. Yeah. And we do work, um, you know, we're getting as Game Jolt grows and becomes more and more established, we're starting to partner with some really exciting people. So we just had um, a partnership with NBC Universal where they let our users create using their IPs, right? So yeah. that stuff is just really awesome. And cool. I think it's going to change IP laws in a way that, you know, like we're just moving forward now. So it went from, you know, constantly giving out DMCAs to get UGC taken down from platforms to you can't pay influencers enough money to create UGC of your IPs to now like these big folks that own really incredible IPs partnering with people like us to have people create using them. So, yeah, that's pretty great. I mean, if you, that's a big issue, obviously from the music side of it too. And it's related to the games they get that are playing the music. There's the Twitch stuff that I don't know if they've quite solved it yet um probably not if they're dealing with the music business they, they like to drag those things out but yeah i mean it wouldn't make sense right you would want more at this point it's about just canvassing as much space as possible with what you do and ultimately you still own the ip so if it gets out at a large level you're in, you're in a better spot than you were if you had constrained it. Yeah, I, I really do think they're, everyone's starting to look at UGC content as like a form of free advertisement and engagement within your audience, right? And that is the way that it should be seen because, you know, if a really incredible, talented artist draws fan art of Sonic and then gets you know, it makes the front page of Reddit and Game Jolt and like all of these places. That's a lot of value. Like imagine how much money you Sega would have to pay to be on the front page of these platforms. So it's mm -hmm. it's a huge uh, tool that, you know, like more brands need to take um, take charge and encourage. And I think mm -hmm. you're kind of seeing it with like, the NFT collaborations and stuff like Nike is making shoes that can live in games and stuff like that. I think that stuff will also push IP um, laws forward and make them more flexible and workable for like just fans to create stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And the medium is also changing too for creation. It's not just fan art, like, on Game Jolt, there's over 40,000 fan games. So these are games that people have made around their favorite, you know, um, Pokemon or Five Nights at Freddy's or Undertale games. And- Those are like mods. They call them mods in the, in the video. No, so- just straight up fan games. They're real games. So it's like remixing. It's almost like 
a cover song, right? Like yeah. in your own style. So it's in, sometimes it's in the same universe. Sometimes it's not. It just tells a different story from that the fan came up with, which is incredible, right? So when That's you're thinking really about cool. a form of like advertisement, um, you can do like a display banner, you could do a video or you can have your fan create an hour long game that all of your other fans play while you're working on the next thing. Right. So it's, it's crazy. It makes perfect sense though. I mean, if you think about it, there'd be no Joni loves Chachi. If there wasn't a happy days, that's kind of like a playoff, but now you've got people. I'm not sure most young people know what that you're talking about. <laughs> but... I'm just saying, well, I'm going back to the concept of like when it was only studios making content for entertainment. You're talking about a TV show, by the way, just so people know. Okay, got it. But even in games, there's Pac-Man, there's Pat Miss Pac-Man. I have a platform. <laughs> My platform is for Gen Z. I really need you to at least include like, you know, some some terminology in here, like no cap. Every yes. now and then you can just go like she like that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes, there you I go. know. Well, it brings me to the question. <laughs> let, let me ask you a, a little bit about your 60,000 communities and a number one navigating around that. But I do notice things that like 20,000 of those communities are made for gamers and brands. Something now kind of going back to your um, NBC universal. There's if, you know, if a new person were to come into game jolt, that's a lot of communities. How do you steer people in the right down the right rabbit hole to get to their destination of where they can contribute. I also want to know how you moderate that many communities. Like that's a, that's a ton of spaces, you know? Question. Oh man, we can nerd out about this stuff for so long. I'll try, I'll try not to though. Um, so what's incredible about these communities is the fact that they are UGC, right? So our users create these communities, um, as their interests rise, right? So like, for example, the game Stray just came out. It's a game about a cat, right? So immediately there's a community about that game on Game Jolt. And then immediately there's fan art. There's videos of people playing that game. And they just start looking for that community and posting in that community and other people seeing it also get motivated to share their creations for that game and join the community and post. And it just kind of like takes off. Right. Um, so that's how communities form on game jolt today. And mm -hmm. then the people that, um, you know, create the community, they actually onboard their own moderators into the community. So then it's this like collaborative thing. And there's definitely status on Game Jolt with being, you know, like a community owner of a big community and being a moderator. Mm -hmm. And we even like, you know, reward them. There's some really incredible and devoted moderators and community owners on Game Jolt. So we just verify them, right? They have like a little verified badge and they get, that's their clout. Like they're a, you know, verified community owner and moderator and everyone wants them to be in their community as a moderator. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty fun. Um, but in terms of discoverability, right. 
it's all about your interests. So people discover mm. communities just from their feeds, right? So um, our algorithm, let's say you're, you know, super into Minecraft. Um, so our algorithm will uh, recommend posts from Terraria community to you too. And also Terraria. <laughs> um, and and that's how you'll discover the Terraria community and you'll join it, right? And you'll also discover creators that way. So I think the future, I think you guys have asked us quite a bit about like where we're heading and we're seeing that the power of Game Joel, right? Like if we want to build a place that really makes a big impact in this industry, which is very similar to what you guys are doing with Plus Music, is like, how do we promote the creators, right? Like communities are awesome. It helps us organize content and groups things together. But how do we reward creators and incentivize them and motivate them to create more stuff, right? Because it's incredible and we can't get enough of it. Um, so that's where we're headed is to... Um, you know, improve discoverability of creators on our platform, build ways for them to actually monetize um, and support themselves financially so that they can do what they love. So we did a lot of that with game developers, right? They can sell their games, they can, um, people can give them money, even if they aren't selling their games, and we're building that similar ecosystem for creators on our platform. And where, where else can people go with and do similar like itch.io or, you know, there's steam where you can like release your games. How do you guys, cause you guys do a lot of that too. You can put your game up. We have games, we have our own little games in our backend little plus music game jolt uh, thing. And it's super easy to use. You know, you guys can run game jams through your thing too. So you have all, all that stuff, like there's tons of it in there. Um, mm -hmm. how, it sounds like you, what, what, what I understand is that you took a lot of the things that are happening in different, in different spaces and put it all into one place, which obviously is a great idea. Keeps them from having to go anywhere else. Well, it's that, but it's also, you know, recognizing that there just isn't a, gamer platform right like it doesn't yeah. exist that supports all the different types of stuff that people create around games if you even just look at a game like it takes art it takes animation it takes videos it takes music and sound to make a game right and that's what creators within games also create those are all the types that need to get supported so having just a live stream platform or having just a video platform doesn't capture you know everything that gamers create so that's what really we tried to build is how do we just become a place for gamers to hang out so that we solve you know the the discoverability issues for creators trying to build an audience of gamers and also brands that are trying to reach their gamers. So like if you yeah. scroll to the footer of like any company today within gaming, right? Like go to Riot Games' page and scroll to their footer. They have their blog, they have their Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like so many social media platforms and storefronts that like, where do I go to get 
the updates from Riot? Do I check all of them? Do they all have the same information or does one thing have more information to another? Do I join their Discord server? Like it just becomes so overwhelming that, you know, um, and then also just the fact that gaming content is cast aside on really big social media platforms is yeah. a bit frustrating because gaming is not a niche. It is huge, right? The industry is huge. The, there's 3 billion players. Like, how can you treat this as like, on Facebook, we do this, but here's our little gaming section, right? Um, so gamers really do need that place and we wanted to build it for them mm-hmm. to just make it and, and do it in a way where it's not like, take a screenshot of the game that you're playing or like videotape yourself like on your videotape record yourself on your phone (laughs) as you play counter-strike on your computer like that's not that doesn't capture gaming right i mean why couldn't game jolt become a metaverse of its own it can why not i mean so my team teases me because i keep i'm like can we just be neopets like (laughs) i miss (laughs) neopets can we just (laughs) um we're not they won't let me turn game jolt into a neopet so don't worry about it and if you're bummed about it me too (laughs) but but um i mean it very well could right it is a place for all of gaming and all gaming related stuff but i really do think that there's a lot of content out there that disappears on uh platforms that are built for the masses and they're not built in ways where like creators within gaming can easily share their stuff right like mm-hmm. um yeah so that's what we're trying to do but this shift from to answer your first question uh i think you brought up like hio i would say hio is like the old version of game joel like we're um we're more of that like social and community place we're not just like a storefront for selling games um and you know we built the tools and we built some really incredible and sophisticated tools that honestly we need to dumb down a little bit for game distribution. Um, but it allows us to repurpose the tech to be, you know, more inclusive of all the other stuff that people are creating that they could monetize and sell through Game Jolt. So and making that a lot easier, right? Like I mentioned, we have people decorating like cakes which is just mind-blowing like they make sonic cakes and five nights of freddy's cakes and you know our users want to support them financially and people that want to sell merch you know like why not expand our store to have all of that in their digital goods but also physical goods yeah it's interesting you know like when i think of metaverses i it's hard for me not to like visualize what it is, what it looks like, you know, like you've seen the movie, you, you, you watch like uh, ready player one and, and there's like a hallway you walk down and there's different paths that you can go to or whatever. Like that was a visual representation of a virtual universe. Right. And it's just really a replicant replication of the regular world so that you can, your brain kind of understand you're going to go here versus you don't really need to have any space between here and there. You just go there, go there, go there. But I could see what you guys do, like having, having like that kind of um, 
sort of yeah. three-dimensional space to go find all these things. It would just like, just from a fun perspective, it'd be really cool to explore it like in that yeah. visual way. I think you know, but. if we were to build a metaverse, right? If we were to go all in on building a metaverse and like turning yeah. Angel into that, it would mm -hmm. look very similar to Ready Player One for sure. But everyone has Mark Zuckerberg skins, right? Like every single person. Would they not have legs? Walking around. <laughs> they don't have legs, right? <laughs> you have to be Zuckerberg, but you have no face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're just like That's catching funny. a wave and it's a bunch yeah. of spocks with no no feelings. Just like I, I didn't know that. <laughs> hey. Don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, but the, um, the concept just makes more and more sense to me, especially like what you just said of the footers. It's almost like you want to centralize all the, the places where people say you can follow them and just bring them into one place that is decent. Isn't that like, yeah. isn't that like every industry's problem right now? Like, it doesn't matter if you're in games or anything. Like, there's, it's so spread out. You have to have... You have to, if you want to run a successful brand, you have to be like, okay, Instagram strategies like this, Facebook strategies like that, whatever. You have to keep doing it and it's all specialized and there's a lot of it. And that's uh, so hard to keep track of. And then from the consumer side or like, just to your point, like, how do I, cons how do I get to know this brand on all the different places? And what do I, you don't have time to go to every one of them, but well, unless yeah. they all post the same thing on all, I sometimes look they at all those go. social channels as like Mac and PC. Like if you use Facebook, you could check us out here. If you're on Instagram, check us out here. But today, you're right. It's not like that though. They're different mediums of communication, which is why it takes perfect sense for Game Jolt to be a metaverse. Okay, it's the last time I'll say it. <laughs> yeah you're making our investors so happy brian <laughs> just sprinkle in some like nf3 nf3s perfect NF3, oh my god that should be the shortened version yeah NF, just some of NF3. that language and we're good <laughs> just kidding absolutely um no yeah i mean there definitely needs to be a place like that and gaming just makes sense because they're really you know, like ask a gamer where, where they hang out. They'll probably list like five different things and none of them are actually built for gamers specifically, yeah. right? Like, or they have branched out completely. Like people go to Twitch for hot tub streams. They go to Discord for like following anything and everyone now. It's not just games. So it's, yeah, like we, we want to do it in a way where it's still gamified as well. So like on Game Jolt, we have quests that we send users on and, um, you know, basically we want to, at the end of the day, what Game Jolt is, is going to be the best place to support creators. So our North Star, Star really is creators. And if we build around them and their audience, then we're going to do everything right by gamers, right? Because um, those are their fans. So we're trying to have fun with it, honestly. Like we, we want to build in pranks and we want to troll our users and just, just have it be have a place that celebrates gaming. Yeah. What's next? Like you guys, you guys just did the uh, the NBC Universal thing. What's coming up? That's 
like that or what's next? Yeah. So on Friday, actually, uh, July 29th, we're teaming up with this really amazing company that just cares so much about musicians and creators and, you know, supporting them. They're called Plus Music. I don't oh, yeah. know if you've heard of them. Amazing. But <laughs> and some guys and gals yeah. at that company. We're teaming up with them to kick off our concert series. So Every last Friday of every month, uh, we're going to be live streaming a concert on Game Jolt using our very own streaming system that we've built. Um, so keep an eye out for emo night on Game Jolt. Just very much staying on, you know, what Gen Z are into. I'm so happy emo's coming back because I didn't get to experience my emo days in my youth. I was too much of a punk rocker but now i can embrace it mm -hmm. um <laughs> besides that though yeah, um one thing that i'm just super incredibly proud of is uh on august 5th we're collaborating with amazon gaming to host a full day of lightning talks from legendary women in the games industry mm -hmm. so it's that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredibly hard for me not to fangirl over them. These are people that have built, you know, all of our favorite games. So um, we've got folks from that are literally working on God of War right now. <laughs> and The Sims, Street Fighter. We've got the head of Netflix Gaming, uh, EA, Warner Brothers. It's just mind blowing. And what really, you know, makes this incredible for me um, is the fact that it's accessible to everyone because it's on game Joel, right? Like it's free. You just need to log in and watch it. You have access to these folks that only give talks at, you know, the GDCs of the world or the E3s of the world, which are just way too expensive for the world to actually attend. Um, so mm -hmm. really going stoked. To, it's going to be awesome. And you're going to Germany soon for Gamescom. Yes. Still? Unless yeah. my team cancels my trip, I will be there. Um, but otherwise, we're hosting a party in Seattle uh, with this really cool company called Plus Music uh, for yeah. PAX. So if folks are in Seattle, they should, you know, come by, come hang. dress up. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think I'm going to Gamescom. Yeah, Brock. I'm not going. I might not be as well. Um, my team is really wanting me to stay here instead. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but. it seems to be grind mode for a lot of people. And it's like, a, yeah. it's, a, uh, it's a long way to go. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Brock, we're going to need to do a number two. It's fun, fun hanging, fun talking. Let's do Looking it. Looking forward to Friday. And uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for hanging out on, on number one, zero, zero. Thanks for having me and happy 100th. I can't believe you guys did this a hundred times. That's really incredible. Um, yeah. Let you know, me know. Snuck up on us. We just do it every Thursday. Like we just kind of have it as part of our day, you know, and uh, yeah. it's been awesome. It's been fun to awesome. just chat. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, Brock. All right. Talk to you later. Yes, I had a day before us. <laughs> Talk to you Take soon. Take care. Yeah, Brock. Bye. Bye. -bye.